It will make a difference. Let's open up our Bibles to Ephesians chapter 4, verse 17. You see how I handled that? I'm not angry. Are you angry? I hope that you're not. I'm trying to be patient. Uh, Open up your Bibles with me to Ephesians chapter 4, verse 17. We're going to talk today about putting off sinful anger and putting on patience. How many today know that anger is a dangerous emotion? How many know you need to put on patience? Anybody here today? How many know that your anger can cause you trouble? I'm going to tell you some stories today. I hope you enjoy them, but they are embarrassing for me. I I wish that I did not have to tell them. You're going to enjoy it, I'm sure, a a whole lot hearing these stories from me. But they are embarrassing how God has taught me to keep my patience. I got a long passage to read. Let me go through it quickly and then get into the message today. So I tell you this and insist on it in the Lord, that you must no longer live live as the Gentiles do and the futility of their thinking. So what we're talking today about is changing our thinking about anger. Anger, okay? The way you think about anger cannot be as a Gentile, as a non-Christian. Now, at this point, we all have to put on the brakes and say, be honest with yourself, were you taught the wrong way about anger from people you love? I was taught the wrong way about anger from my mom and dad, and they were Christians, and I love them. And I'm sure they don't like me telling all the stories of growing up. But I want you to understand this. I was slapped in the face as a kid. You may say to yourself, Joe, you deserved it, (laughs) and maybe I did, but listen, that's ungodly. It is ungodly to slap in the face. I was beat by my mom and my dad, not to the point of going to jail. I would not say it was child abuse, but beat by them with shoes, with shoes. I know it sounds funny, but I want to be honest with you, with shoes, with belts, with other things my mom could grab at any time she got upset. I got smacked in the mouth right across the face at a dinner table, just right across the face. I was at Disney World with my family this past month, and I watched two kids fighting. I watched the mother full-on belt her, her, her daughter across the face. It was almost a punch, but open-handed, just boom, right across the face, and then the father kicked the other child. I watched it. Okay, this, this is how many of you have been raised in, in some ways like that, if not that extreme. And that was done in public, okay? And I want to tell you, we need to not think that way about anger. You cannot use the excuse, well, I was brought up this way. See, many of you, you look at me and you say, you're just a white boy. You're just a gringo. How good could it be? But you, I mean, how bad could it be? But you don't understand. White people get abused too. You all listening to me? I just got to say that sometimes. No, I'm being honest because sometimes just people think it's all white privilege. Nobody getting molested in a white person's home in the suburbs. Nobody's getting beat by their parents. In the su- I grew up in the suburbs. People got uh, uh, molested. People got beat. People got spouses got abused. Are you listening to me? I know I came here as a missionary into the city of Chicago, and oftentimes you think like the suburbs, man, they ain't got no problems, right? And especially if you in the white community, of the suburbs. You didn't grow up like Boo Boo and Nene and Flacco and the rest of us. No, no, I'm being honest with you. People get beat in the suburbs. People kill themselves in the suburbs. I had a gun pulled on me in a suburban party, okay? People die from my sister. Okay, let me just tell you about my life right here so you guys can understand. All of my family has been either abused or the abuser. My brother, abuser. My brother, an abuser, okay? My two sisters, abused. I myself never physically abused a woman, but I would yell and threaten them, okay, when I was a sinner, okay? My sister died, as you know the story, drinking and driving. She had two baby daddies, all right? Though she looked like me, 
She suffered in such a way that you may not identify with because she looks like me. But the point is there's a lot of pain in this world. And so the first thing is, is you got to stop thinking like a Gentile. Red and yellow, black and white, I don't care what culture you're from, you stop thinking this way about anger. Amen? It's not I'm Puerto Rican and it's okay. Because we Italians can say the same exact thing. We're Italians. It's okay. No, it's not. It's not okay. Okay? So that's the thing I want you to understand. They are darkened in their understanding, separated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them due to the hardening of their hearts. Now, granted, many of us grew up this way because our parents did not know any better. They were taught this way. This was normal to them. This is the way they were brought up. Okay? But that's not the way you were taught. That's not the way you serve God. Amen? And for those of you that don't have problems with anger, please be patient with those of us who do, okay? Because i got to keep it real today. Because we'll get to you sooner or later in one of the lists here. Amen? We will certainly get to your issues. I promise you. Having lost all sensitivity, they've given themselves over to sensuality so as to indulge in every kind of impurity. They're full of greed. That, however, is not the way of life you learned when you heard about Christ, when you were taught in accordance with the truth that is in Jesus. You were taught in regard to your former way of life to put off your old self, which is being corrupted by its deceitful desires, to be made new in the attitude of your mind, and to put on the new self created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. So though my mother was a Christian, she did not know yet how to take off her old thinking when it came to dealing with me. And it made situations worse. Now she may say, Joe, you deserve those things. But there were things I did not deserve, okay? I remember one time out of anger, my mother took a picture that I took time to make as a junior hire and she ripped it up. I had painted it in art class. She was so angry with me, she ripped it up in front of me. Well, what do you think I did after that? I ripped the Bible up in front of her. You see, that kind of anger does not bring about the righteousness of God. And I kicked a hole in the wall after she kicked me. I punched holes in my wall after she punched me. You can't wake up one day and wonder why your house and your life is a mess after you've sown those seeds. You've got to understand that seeds have a harvest. What you plant, you will reap. And we're going to get into this in just a moment. I want everybody to look up at me, please. The most that I have counseled people, the most depressed people I know suffer with anger issues, and Dr. Meyer confirms that. So those of you today suffering from depression, I want you to be very, very honest with yourself. Do you struggle with controlling your anger towards others and yourself? Called resentment and misplaced guilt. And I'll just skip ahead right to this because I am so serious. I was back there praying today longer than I normally do because I am so serious about this. Suicide is self-murder done out of self-hatred and wrath. It is not just a lonely, sad person taking their life. They are angry at life. And you don't get to help me anymore. And you don't deserve to help me. And this world doesn't deserve me anymore. And I get to do with my life what I want to do. And I'll take it if I want. Who cares about my wife? Who cares about my kids? It's my life. See, in the whisper of their whimpering complaints, it is a deep hatred. It's a deep anger. It's a root of bitterness that they let come in. And so you have to understand this is a battle for your mind. This is a battle for your mind. And anger will take you places you never thought 
you would go if you're not careful. And I speak as one who's already been down that road, and I don't want to go there anymore. Verse 25, therefore, each of you must put off falsehood and speak truthfully to your neighbor, for we are all members of one body. Verse 26 and 7, would you read with me, please? In your anger, do not sin. Do not let the sun go down while you are still angry, and do not give a foothold to the devil. I want you to understand this. When I had the heartbreak of watching another one of uh, the famous rock stars that I looked up to, the guy from Lincoln Park, kill himself. I was riding my bike, and this verse hit me so hard that I had never seen it that way. That's why I'm telling you, read this book every single week. Take it a chapter a day if you have to, but read it. But I made a connection here that I had never made before, and then literally I had already read it in Dr. Meyer's book, Happiness is a Choice, one of the best Christian counselors, psychiatrists, and psychologists. I believe he has two doctorates, but I want you to understand this. I, I, I had to go back and check, and I'm like, I've already read this. Out of the journals. I've already learned this from, the, from the, the, the way the mind works. But I never connected it here. That anger is a way the devil gets a foothold. It's a way he gets into your life. It's a way he takes things over. It's a way that he deceives you and me. And he does it so subtly. And you think it's okay because you're angry. You justify it through your anger. Where someone like me would never commit adultery. I would never commit adultery. It's like there's such a, a black and white line like I'm in the white. I love my wife. The black is adultery. It is so clear. I can see adultery a thousand miles away. I can sense a lust coming in my heart. I can block it and stop it. But I want to tell you the line of murder is a hair's breadth away from me. Murder of the heart, by the way, not of the actual flesh. But God said, Jesus, God said through Jesus, if you hate your brother, you are guilty of, of murder. And I literally see it within a hair's breadth of every day of my life. Within moments, I can suffer road rage. There was one time on my way to seminary. See, I, let me just back up and say this. See, when I tell you guys, I haven't looked at porn since 96. I haven't told a lie since, you know, 1999. This is not the way it is with anger for me. It's like yesterday I had to repent. You know what I'm saying? Come on. Let's just keep a real talk in the Comcast. It's like, I, I, this is serious. Serious, man. I, just, I got issues with Comcast right now. Pray for me. We need to meet in the back alley somewhere. Go get one of them representatives for me, please. Just make it a fair fight. I'll weigh in, 215, 215, man on man, okay. Just, you know, just meet me in the back, okay? You ever see it? You ever hear about the old lady who took a hammer in there to Comcast? Look it up. An old woman took a hammer to Comcast and bashed in their phone. I'm telling you. Yep, so this is, this is something I confess daily to the Lord at times. And I want to tell you the devil is so deceiving with it. You know why? Because I feel angry, therefore I'm right. So I'm on my way to seminary. This person cut me off, and it went from, you know, the two lanes to the one lane, and he cut me off so belligerently, so much of an attitude that I got so angry, and I lost, I lost my sound mind. I drove on the side of the high, on the road, on the shoulder. If I had my friend, he would have arrested me, would have had the right to do so. I drove on the shoulder until I could whip in front of him. You're talking a year ago. You're talking a year ago. My wife has seen me in the car with my kids 
put the gas pedals to where that minivan revs up that engine to where you would think, like, I'm in the Fortune 500. I mean, I'm in the, you know, Indy 500. And then I just have to step back and go, dear God, I have my kids with me. Come on. I know you're laughing at me, but you're looking at yourself too, aren't you? You give yourself a foothold to the devil. You will do things you will regret the rest of your life because of anger. You will say things that people will forgive you of, but they will remember the rest of their life and say, if they said it once, will they say it again to me like that? I've had men in this church, you would never guess, you would never guess, told me I've hit my wife before. And they've come to me with tears streaming down their face, going, I never thought I would be that kind of person. Let's keep going. I'll read on. Verse 28. Anyone who has been stealing must steal no longer, must work, do something useful with their hands, that they may have something to share with those in need. We'll be talking about that next week. Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouth. That can be cursing, being angry, those kinds of things. But only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs. That's how we should talk, that it may benefit those who listen. Do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God, whom you were sealed with for the day of redemption. And now he lists these ways we grieve the Holy Spirit of God. And almost all of them are connected to anger. Get rid of all bitterness, rage, and anger, brawling, and slander. You know most of the time you do all of those things, you're angry, along with every form of malice. Do you notice that rage and anger and brawling are the center and the middle part of what ties together bitterness, slander, and malice? And that's what grieves the Holy Spirit. Nothing will grieve the Holy Spirit more in your marriage than uncontrolled anger. Nothing will grieve the Holy Spirit more with your children than uncontrolled anger. Nothing will grieve the Holy Spirit more in your relationships with each other in this church or in the, uh, on the job or in the community you live in than uncontrolled anger. And I'm, by the way, not just talking about the external red-faced anger. Many of you are what we call teapots. You boil and you steam. And then you blow it up when you go home. Maybe you didn't do it at your job, but you walk around with inner anger. You walk around with inner resentment. And it's almost like you know that everybody around you is getting on your nerves and you're one step away from blowing up on them like you do at your house. Because my mom never blew up around anybody in public. It was only in the house. And some of you know exactly what I'm talking about. You let it out, and you're wondering, and you call it stress. But stress has a root, and it's called anger. It's called selfishness, and it's called all of these things right here. And trust me, I've been there. i got so many more stories to tell you. Are you listening? Follow God's example, therefore, as dearly loved children, walk in the way of love just as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us as a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. See, that should be the life we live, one of love. That's why I've been embarrassed after I was at a post office with the spiritual son, and he said, I can't believe the way you just talked to them, and I have to go back with the spiritual son to the post office and say I'm sorry. My wife has seen me humble myself with the people from Comcast, embarrassed. Uh, My children have seen me have to apologize to waiters and waitresses, and I'm embarrassed in front of my kids because I know I'm not going to get away with it. See, that's the thing is a lot of you think you're going to get away with it and you're just going to brush it under the rug. Like I said, well, this is the culture I was brought up in. This is the way we did it. And the thing is God's not letting you get away with it. He wants you to walk in the way of love. Amen. 
But among you there must not be a hint of sexual immorality, any kind of impurity or of greed, because these are improper for God's holy people. Nor should there be obscenity, foolish talk, or coarse joking, many of that done out of anger, which are out of place, but rather thanksgiving. For of this you can be sure, no immoral, impure, or greedy person, such person as an idolater, has any inheritance in the kingdom of God and of Christ. Let no one deceive you with empty words. Because of such things, God's wrath comes on those who are disobedient. Therefore, do not be partakers with them. And so the Bible puts in there, just like it does with liars and immoral, etc., it puts in there wrathful, angry people will go to hell. And he says that in all of his lists, in the deeds of the flesh, it's in that list, outbursts of anger. Verse 8, for you were once darkness, but now you're in the light of the Lord. Live as children of the light, for the fruit of the light consists in all goodness, righteousness, and truth, and find out what pleases the Lord. I know I'm being serious now, but I want this to be an encouragement to you, amen? So it's okay to smile in church and know that I'm doing this out of a heart of love, but I want you to take it serious, because I know what it's costed me, and if I can stop you uh, from going down that road, then trust me, I want you to experience the joy that I've had to fight for these last few years and, and, and not suffer all the years I had to suffer, amen? I want you to know what's good. I want you to know what's righteous. I want you to know what's truthful. Eight years ago, I decided I would never yell in my house again, and praise God that's happened, but I want some of you who are single and are going to get married never to have your spouse hear you yell like that, amen? But my wife has heard me yell like that, so if I can save you some heartache, would you listen today, amen? Know what's good. Know the will of the Lord. Know what's righteous have nothing to do with the fruitless deeds of darkness. See, it's fruitless to act like that. You think it's doing something. I know in my mom's mind, she thought she was probably doing something good when she ripped up that painting, but it did nothing good. It only gave more seed to the devil to put anger in my heart because you can't sow an apple seed and expect an orange. You can't beat me and expect me to now want to serve Jesus, amen? Like my mom always told the Bible college professors, because they were from the South and very traditional, and they said, uh, did you spank him enough? In all seriousness, seriousness, they said, did you spank Joe enough? And my mom said, if spanking him would have worked, he would be an angel by now, because I got spanked all the time. You know what I'm saying? But it just didn't work. Not like that. Not that kind of spanking. I do believe in spanking, but under control. Verse 12, it's shameful to mention what they do in secret. Verse 13, but everything exposed by the light becomes visible, and everything that is illuminated becomes a light. That is why it said, wake up, sleep, arise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. I want every one of you to have, a, have that moment. You know, I always get on Oprah Winfrey, but I do like the one thing she says, an aha moment. I want you to have a wake-up moment to this. I want you to wake up to this and get it and be like, wow, I see it clearly now. Because this uh, excuse that some of you make, I don't know what happens to me, is not an excuse. That's actually showing you how terrible you are at self-control. And as a Christian, you were taught to have self-control. So just to say, man, I can't stop myself, that does not give you any excuse. That gets you a first uh, a, a Metro Praise uh, free counseling trip to Dr. Myers, Myers Clinic downtown. I'm being 100% real with you. If you're at the place where you say, I can't stop my outbursts of anger, talk to Pastor Bertle today. We'll allot 10 $100 sessions, $1,000 in this church for you to go see them immediately. Immediately. Do you understand how serious I am? Because that is not an excuse that flies around here. They will figure out what's going on inside of your physiology, inside of your brain, because you cannot live like that as a Christian. That is not an excuse that flies here. Wake up to this. Wake up to it. Now, for me, I have never used that excuse. 
I have used a lot of other excuses, but for me, I feel it coming. I know it's coming. It is like an adrenaline rush, and I even tell people it's coming. Man, you better stop. I used to tell people that before I would get into a fight. Now with my wife, I'm like, don't say it, don't say it. You know, like I, I, I'm going to go crazy. I mean, I've spoke those words over myself because I know it's coming. I know it's coming. And God has taught me how to, to deflate those times. Be very careful then how you live, not as wise, but as un, not as unwise, but as wise, making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish. See, out of control, the anger is foolishness. How many know you look stupid when you're out of control? Did anybody see my YouTube video? I mean, the Facebook video. Does not that just look stupid? Now I have proof that it's not real. I'm smiling before that video is made. I actually have the original where I smile at my wife. I'm like, "You ready for this?" You know, and then I get that mean look on my face. And my wife couldn't even watch it. To be honest with you, she couldn't even watch it because she said, "I never want to see you like that." And she's never seen me like that. Thank God. I mean, I went over and beyond. But you know, you look like a fool when you get angry. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. Do not get drunk on wine. How many know when you drink, it only gets worse if you can't control it? Stupidity comes out when those things happen. That's why I say if you can't handle alcohol, you can't handle tequila, then don't you touch it. Amen? If tequila makes you a raging beast, a devil's child, then don't you touch it. Don't you touch it. Amen? Okay? So you need to know, can I even handle alcohol? A lot of people cannot handle alcohol in any form with their emotions. All three of my siblings could not. That's why my mom hates alcohol. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the, will, the, the Lord's will is. The one who abused her was an alcoholic. Verse 19, her first husband. Do not get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. Instead, be filled. And debauchery just means immorality, okay? Uh, instead, be filled with the Spirit, speaking to one another with psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit. Sing and make music from your heart to the Lord. Always giving thanks to God the Father for everything. For how many things? For everything. Thank you in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. You see how special that is? Literally singing is a release valve to your emotions. Singing will release adrenaline. Singing is a physical exercise when you sing right with all of your heart. Uh, setting your mind on the things of God. I've learned to exercise and do these things to make my life much more easier. So let me uh, just go into the message right now since our time is short. There are four things we see in this passage. And by the way, the quote he says, in your anger do not sin is from the Septuagint in Psalm 4 verse 4. The number one thing that we want to get here is that um, anger is not a sin. So what we're saying is that we need to not sin in our anger. That's exactly what the passage says. So if you try to say, I'll never be angry again, then you're setting yourself up for a failure. So the idea is I will control my anger. Actually, there's times in the Bible where Jesus gets angry. Jesus was angry with the, the Jewish people. He called them names even, okay? He, he cleansed the temple. He's angry when he judges Israel. He's angry with the Israelites in the wilderness. All types of things uh, times in the Bible are people, good people, and God angry. There's nothing wrong with anger. When we go to war, when we need to arrest criminals, uh, when we need to stand up for in, uh, stand up for justice against injustice, uh, you know, personal things can make you angry. All of this is fine. It's fine to be angry. The question is whether or not are you going to sin in your anger. And that's what Paul says. He says, do not sin in your anger. And so what he's teaching us is that ungodly anger or unsanctioned anger, when the Holy Spirit is not angry but you are, that's dangerous. Cain's anger led him to murder his brother. 
Moses' anger cost him taking the Israelites into the promised land. And that's my biggest concern is that I would be to the point so angry in life that I would lose the opportunity to see the 100,000 because I have lost the ability to lead the people to that place. Moses lost the ability to lead the Israelites to that promised land because of his anger striking the rock twice in Numbers 2010. The Jewish leaders' anger caused them to crucify Jesus. They were so angry with him. They actually took vows to kill Christians because it got them so angry they wanted to kill the Christians as well that they wouldn't even eat or drink until Christians were dead. You can learn about that, how they would stone them in Acts 7.54. So anger leads to murder. We know that. And Jesus even said anger in the heart is like the sin of murder, just like how lust in the heart is the sin of adultery. We then learn that it's the unrepentant anger. Notice how when Paul talks about it, he says, do not let the sun go down while you are still angry. Isn't that amazing that 2,000 years ago, here is the well-being message for those of us here who deal with anger. Do not let the sun go down on it. Don't let it rest in your mind. Don't let it rest in your life. Dr. Meyer wrote in his book, Happiness is a Choice, the root problem in nearly all depressions is a pent-up anger, either towards ourselves, true or false guilt, and towards others holding grudges. You want to argue with Dr. Meyer? That's up to you. That just shows me you have a problem with anger and pride. Hello? I'm not going to argue with him. My most depressive moments in life have been tied to my uncontrolled anger. Almost every single person I have counseled, and I can say out of all the people I have counseled here, because I am your pastor and I will shepherd you, but not name names, but every one of you I've ever counseled about anger here, you deal with depression at different times and, and, and out of control emotions. Every single one of you. And I've watched you deal with it. Low self-esteem, low self-worth. A lot of us always have to ask people to reassert their, their confidence. And we, have to, we feel so lack of confidence in our relationships, people always have to tell us, I'm on your team, I got you. That's literally what my wife has to tell me all the time because my loneliness, my, 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 my feeling of solid, uh, uh, being alone in life has to do with I'm not dealing with my anger right. So my wife literally has to look at me, not only when I'm expressing anger with words and emotion, but in my times of withdrawal, she has to, or when I feel bad for myself, she has to look at me and say, I got you. So those of us who deal with that need to be reiterated in relationships all the time. I love you. I love you. I got you. I got you. Why? Because we're dealing with anger, self-hatred, rage, things on the inside, holding grudges, true or false guilt. Are you listening to me? Nobody understands me. That's all part of anger. And I've said all of that before, but it's when I've realized that it's a choice that I began to get healed. You understand that? I never used the excuse I couldn't stop, but I used the excuse I was raised this way. I used that excuse. I would use the excuse, well, they deserved it. I'm their pastor. They deserved it. You know, my wife's under the authority of my house. This is my house. She's going to learn this the way I'm going to teach her, even if I was a little bit harsh, you know. I remember sitting down with one pastor who I knew was harsh that I looked up to a lot, and I asked his team, because God started convicting me in New Orleans about gentleness, the fruit of gentleness, and I asked the team in his presence, I said, is pastor so-and-so gentle? And they burst out laughing and said, of course not. And I literally looked at them, and I said, how can we laugh at this when the Bible says gentleness is a fruit of the Spirit? 
And that is when I knew that I had to become self-aware of how I was treating others in my anger. You, every single one of you, should be able to go home today and take, especially those of you who are sensitive to this, and take a test with the people around you. Say to your children, am I gentle? You should say to your spouse, ask your spouse, am I gentle? Do I have a spirit of gentleness about me? And whatever they say, you listen and receive. Because that will teach you. I have to be taught that. I have to be taught that. Some of you remember when Pastor Ron Allen was here with his wife, one of the greatest words she spoke into my life is that you are gentle, Joe. Because I always used to think, I just can't do it. Like, it's, it's not for me. That's your gift. That's not my gift. My gift is not being gentle. My gift is being hard. Your gift will be gentle. I'm going to be hard. And she was like, no, no, no. God said you are gentle. See, I had to believe what God said about me first. I had to have the mindset first that I am who God said I am. Every time we confess that in that series, I'm believing that in this area of my life, that I am who God said I am. I am a gentle man. I am a gentle woman. I am this, and God will continue to teach me how to live that. Amen? Amen. Ungodly anger gives the devil a foothold, and that's why the destruction comes. Anger takes you places you never wanted to go. Adam, as you come, please, let me give you, some th- give you seven things that happen in anger that it will cost you, that you probably never want to have happen in your life. Anger will cost you relationship with others, your parents, your spouses, your spouse, your children, your coworkers, your neighbors, and the church. Those of us who have been angry and dealt with anger probably can think of a story to go along with every one of these. I can think of times I was angry with my parents, and I can't blame it on them. Times I was angry, ungodly with my spouse, my children, coworkers, neighbors, the church. How many of you can relate to this? Every one of you can go through this list and go, I have acted wrong here. I have had outbursts of anger with these kinds of people. How about this one? Anger will cost you your peace of mind and your sanity. Anger will literally drive you crazy. It will. Anger will push that adrenaline button until the button does not know when to turn off. That is literally what uh, post-traumatic stress disorder is, PTSD. It is the adrenal gland firing all the time. And then why does it turn into depression? Because what happens after high adrenaline moments? The crashes come. That's why anxiety and depression are those bedfellows that go right hand in hand together. And so the anger comes. And I remember feeling it as I got older. Even I'll weep in front of you telling a story that I'm embarrassed of. I don't have time because I took some of the time teaching about seating today. <laughs> uh, hope you enjoyed the lesson on seating. Uh, but Adam was with me. We were putting together a, a gym in my living room, and it just wasn't coming together. And I literally took that hammer out of anger and rage and beat that steel to it was like just bent over. And you remember, don't you? Just, I mean, full on. But I remember as I started getting older, what do they say? You're going to have a heart attack. You're going to get stressed out. Remember those things we said to our parents? Now I remember saying it to me. I was like, dude, my heart is beating way faster than I want it to beat right now. I don't feel good. I don't like this feeling. That's what anger does. It costs you your peace of mind and your sanity. Ask yourself next time, is it worth it? I literally was honked at yesterday by a guy that drove like within inches of me when I was riding my bike and he honked at me and I've, and I've yelled at people too. I'm telling you, I was ready to fight one time on my bike when, when a person did this to me. And I just said to myself, this is not worth it. I conceal carry. 
I'm in danger of pulling a gun and killing somebody. Even if I'm justified in that fight, why put myself in that situation? Are you guys listening? You know what I'm saying? I start screaming at the guy. He screams at me. He comes out with a bat. A lot of men carry bats in their cars. My dad always had one. He comes out with a bat. I'm pulling out a gun. You understand? I'm not taking a guy on with a bat. Now I have to be arrested. Who's right? Who's wrong? Who knows? Now my children have to watch their dad go through a lawsuit. I have to go with the conscience of killing somebody. Now some of you say you don't carry a gun, but you got guns. You know what I'm saying? You know what they tell these MMA guys? Because you know how popular it is now. You know how popular it is. They actually have videos right now where they're teaching these guys to deflect because they're already going to jail right now because they'll kill people in fights. I saw a whole video where a guy said, listen, and he named the name. He said, do you remember so-and-so? He got into a fight. He knocked the guy out, hit his head on the curb, died. Now he's in jail for involuntary manslaughter. He said, this is what you have to do. And they actually go, they're in the MMA gym, and the guy says, hey, man, you looking at my girl? And he goes, oh, no, man, I thought that was somebody I knew, my fault. These are big, tough guys now saying how to deflect bar fights because they're all saying, dude, it's not worth it. You will kill somebody in your anger. The moves you guys now know here, I know it's a joke, like, man, I'm, I'm outlawed in three different states or something, you know, this is outlawed. But it's so serious. These guys are in MMA. I was wrestling a guy MMA in our church in a youth group, and I had to go to the hospital because he, he was choking me out. I couldn't breathe. My throat was swelling. And then they put me right through in the emergency room to get the MRIs because your, your esophagus swells. You can't breathe. You're dead. You understand what I'm saying? You choke somebody. You kill them. I just say that to macho men here. You, it's not worth your peace of mind. I am constantly asking myself, is this worth my peace of mind? The next thing is you'll, learn, you'll lose the ability to learn from others. You won't be able to be teachable because you'll become so sensitive. Everything will make you angry. You'll lose your freedom. Where's pastor? He's in jail. So uh, Adam's preaching today. Why? Because he shot somebody and they're figuring it out. How, how many steps am I away from that? Just think about that. You already know my temper. How many? Now this could be used in court too, right? <laughs> delete this. Delete this audio file. Delete this. See, he, see, judge. He says he was an angry person. But how many steps am I away from that? You lose your destiny. You lose your success. You lose. The thing God said I sent you out to do. God told Moses, I am sending you out to bring them into the promised land. And then at another point, God says, you're not going to the promised land. What happened in between? His uncontrolled anger. You'll lose your relationship with God. So many times I, as a pastor, take the arguments and the hatred people have towards God. I hear it. People are angry at God. Angry for the life that God gave them or allowed them to live. The anger that they have towards the people in the church. They're just so angry. And they have no idea that the devil just got a foothold on them. You can think of a foothold in two different ways. It's either I am stepping in like a door. You're trying to shut the door on me and I got a foothold into the door, into your space. Or you can think of it in wrestling, I got your feet. Either way, you don't want the devil to have that. But that's what he does through anger. And then all of a sudden, like I've always said, the devil is that bully in the, in the, on the playground or at the water fountain, slaps you in the head, turns around this way, then taps Jesus, and then you look, and then, you know, the devil's like, and then, and then God's over here going, I love you, and you're like, it's your fault, God. The devil loves to point 
the, his, all of his problems that he brings into your life, he loves to put it towards God. But he's a liar, amen? And it can cost you your life. What if, when I was driving on the side of that highway, what if I would have uh, went off into a ditch and hit one of those steel pylons, you know? Went through the windshield, died. Can you imagine that? What about the people who don't deal with their depression? They take their life. What about those who get into fights out of their anger? I know we've seen these videos, and then they're the one knocked out. Maybe it was that guy who started thinking, but now he's dead. He doesn't get to go to home to his kids because he wanted to fight some other dude in a bar. I know it's extreme. Most of us won't die because of our anger, uh, but what about a heart attack? What if we take years off of our life because we put too much stress on that adrenal gland and our heart and all these parts of our body that weren't made to function that way? When you always think of the Italian people, what do you think of? You think of them having a heart attack. They're eating and they're getting mad all the time, right? What do you think I need to be concerned about? If I don't die because of the stupidity of my anger, what if I take life away from my family because of the constant stress upon my body that was never meant to take? Somebody say, help us, God. Here's five ways to not sin in your anger in closing. Be quick to listen and slow to speak and slow to become angry. In other words... As the Bible says, use what you have been given to be patient. Use wisdom in all that you do, especially with anger. I got the scriptures there as well. Do your best to overlook offenses. I know it is not easy, but I'm learning to do that in traffic, with my family, with my kids. Be quick to forgive others as you've been forgiven. I can't think about your hurt towards me anymore. I can't. As a pastor, I used to let that stuff go over and over in my head. I can't do it anymore. It just puts too much anger in my heart. I want my heart pure. I want my garden pure. When you're angry, use self-control and only act in a way that is righteous. So if you are going to be angry, you need to be under control. You're going to spank your kids. Here's the best thing. Instead of just grabbing them and giving it to them, go take a time out. Go in the bathroom. You're getting a spanking. What does that do? That gives me space. That gives me time. Did everybody get that? It's, it's the age-old thing. Step away. Step away. So the guy in the SUV, he blows by me this close, honking the horn, which both of those is crazy, driving that close to a bike rider and then laying on the horn the whole time, which I know can be against the law on his behalf, but how am I going to catch him, you know? <clears throat> you know, coming through. I just said, Lord, I need your help. That's what I do. I pray. Lord, I need your help. And I give myself distance. I stop pedaling as fast to get away from the guy just in case he wants to say more to me. I'm just, I, I don't want to be around him. I don't want to stop. I don't want to engage this guy. I have nothing to prove to this man, even though I am right, right? I, I'm just putting space. You're in the, you know, the job. Maybe it's not as intense, but somebody has just done something dumb and they've called you out or made you look silly or whatever. Just do the age old thing. Hey, man, I need to take a step away for a minute. I'll be right back. Everybody knows what that means. It's okay. Most employees, uh, uh, employers want you to do that. They have in their own uh, employee handbooks that when people say things like that, then that's a good place. If you give them the space. Give them space. We do not want uh, these kinds of things. We don't want somebody going postal. How many know where that came from? The guy who worked at the post office going back to his job and killing everybody. And by the way, that's what school shooting is, right? The anger they have in their heart killing these innocent people. So walk away from it. Amen? And then leave room for God's wrath. See, I actually believe in God's wrath. And the Bible says that God will judge them. 
God will deal with them. So there is, at the end, nobody getting away with anger. Nobody's getting away with it. So that SUV guy who blew by me, and it's like that tested my manhood, and I back off pedaling, and maybe the devil says, you're just a wimp. Look at you. You just, you just so easily to be scared. You know, look, you're scary, you know, how they used to say in the streets. But you know what? I'm still alive. I'm going home. I'm not going to jail. Didn't have to use my weapon. I'm good. God deals with them now. God deals with that man now. So we're not saying it's okay the things they do to us when we're in control. But we're saying we're going to let God deal with them. Amen? Even in the military. How many know right now we could just nuke Syria and say, you're done? Like, boom, you know, launch one of our nukes from our, from our submarines and just say, you're done. We're done going over there. We're done sending our soldiers to Afghanistan. You guys are done. We're going to Hiroshima you right now. Right? I know it's funny, but how many know we could do that? But we're trying to intervene in better ways. And making those things our last resorts, right? Well, as Christians, we need to do the same thing. I'm not going to engage everybody I disagree with anymore, especially not on Facebook and social media. I'm not going to have long arguments with you anymore. If I'm in a long argument with you, then just pray for me in the argument. Just say, Lord, help my pastor, because he's probably doing something he shouldn't even be doing now, arguing with me this whole time. Seriously, because I need to let God handle some business, amen? I need to let God do some stuff in your life, because I know what he's doing in mine. Let's think about this in closing. Know the times in life when anger is a violent emotion, but don't let it cause you to sin and let the devil into your life. How many want to make that commitment with me today? Just right where you're at as the altar workers and band come, thank you for your patience today. Lord, we're going to ask you to deal with us in anger, uh, in our anger. Whatever you need to repent of right now, would you do so and just say, Lord, forgive me. You know the situations. You know what they are. As I've named a few of mine, you know what yours are. You know where you face it the most. Ask God to be with you right now and to strengthen you. Ask God to muse you and to motivate you to see this a different way. For me, a lot of it came from my children. When I had a, you know, my children, I said, I don't want want them to be this way. My children have never been slapped in the face. They've never been spanked uncontrollable. Come on. Make a decision for your life today that impacts others. Just a few more moments before we dismiss. And when we do, we'll make sure that you have plenty of time to pray up here and to interact with the saints because we want to love on you. And please hear what I've said today in all humility as also a plea that you will pray for me, that you will pray for me that you will pray that my heart will be guarded from anger, from stress, from anxiety and worry, from trying to be in control, controlling, harsh, that you would pray that I would be gentle, that I would be kind, that I would be long-suffering. Pray for me, especially those of you who can relate to this. Imagine being a pastor with the kind of weaknesses you and I both have. Imagine being a pastor, though all the eyes on you, all the relationships, all the trouble you have to get involved in with people. Come on, just remember to pray for me as I pray for you now. Father, I thank you for today that we were able to honestly deal with anger in a real way and know that you offer a better way. You offer us the way of Christ, a different way of thinking, a way of love, a way of self-control. 
Lord, starting with me, may I always have my emotions Father filtered under the control of the Holy Spirit, full of gentleness, kindness, goodness, righteousness. Even in times of confrontation, may I be holy and loving like you. And I pray today for this congregation that we would be free from offense, that we would be free from outbursts of anger, that we would be free from the bad habits of our families and our culture, and we would live like Jesus. You know, the American on the inside of me would want to punch the guy in the face yesterday, but it's the Christ on the inside of me that said, back off. We're not here to be machismo. We're not here to let a culture dictate us and our emotions. We're to let Christ be in us. And I'll tell you, with every head bowed and eyes closed, even on the video, oh, y'all got to look up at me for this, please, please, before I say amen. On the video, on the video of me yelling and making that scene on Facebook, if you haven't seen it, go check it out. Chad Shaw, Chad Shaw says, I know Joe's temper. You want to know why? When I was in junior high, Chad picked a fight with me. And I said, man, I don't want to fight you. We were new. I was new and I was trying to make friends and we were part of the same group. And I went home. It was in the neighborhood. And by the time I got right to my front doorstep, that adrenal grand was pumping so hard. I said, man, I'm going to beat that dude. I ran back. He saw me running towards him. You ask him. He's on the Facebook. And I beat him up. Fair and square. Dude on dude. I'm telling you. I'm not proud of it. But he says, I know yo, your temper. He saw the fire in my eyes. We played football together. And he was one of the most angriest dudes I knew as well. Look him up. He's a big dude, man. He ain't just some small little kid. He's a man. But I, I, I said, bro, I know you do. But then he said, it looks like this is going to be a good message. See, my friend that I got in a fight with can now see there's a different Joe. That meant so much to me. That meant so much to me. I want you to have those moments so bad. I do. I want your coworkers to see it. I want your kids to see it. And I should say this as well. I've seen change in my family too. I've seen them change. And my parents have repented. I want you to have that. Do you guys hear me today? I want you to be able to have a testimony, especially if you've dealt with this, that people now know I'm a different person. You don't have to walk around on eggshells around me. I'm not touchy. I'm not up and down. I'm not, you know, bipolar in that way. Or uh, I should say, uh, uh, Bipolar is a medical condition. What I meant to say chemically, well, that's a, a medical condition as well. I just don't want to go up and down, amen, because I want to be sensitive about the, the chemicals that are involved. Some people go through that unknowing to them. I was going to talk about their, their hormones. Uh, um, the, the, the thyroid gland can cause that. So let's be careful when we, we consider everything a choice. Some people don't have a choice over the feelings, right, but still get the fix. But anyways, I don't want to be up and down. I want to be even with Jesus. That's what peace actually means tranquil. Amen. Let's stand up and give it up for Jesus today and say amen. Let's do it. Come on. Thank you, Lord. We thank you for today. God bless you. Slap somebody high five and say be at peace. 
If you need prayer, come on up. Otherwise, we'll see you at Life Groups. Have a wonderful day.